Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's all creative. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing as well as the writing life. Yes, just how to be a person who's writing. I write something two or three times a week for that magazine, for the, it's called the Editor's Blog, my little essays, that's in there. But we also have video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Um, I've got my conversation up there with Bruce Van Dusen, whose book just came out today, 60 Stories, about 30 Seconds, about his, his memoir about his time in the television commercial life, still in that world directing television commercials. Fun conversation, fun book. Uh, I'll be talking to YA author uh, Jason Reynolds tomorrow, and that'll be up, you know, end of the month. So all kinds of different people, literary fiction, memoir, romance, it's all in there. Check it out at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the fabulous people over the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and they're very, very busy now. They're very busy. They're like Santa's elves a couple weeks before Christmas. Yes, they are. They are getting ready for the conference that's going to be coming up uh, September 24th, 25th. Yeah, that's right. And it's going to be all online, so no matter where you are, you can attend. I'm going to be talking to – I'm going to be doing a live keynote conversation with the wonderful Laura Munson. You might remember her from my interview on Author Magazine a couple months back. I'll also be hosting the Pitch Fest for nonfiction. And at the same time, if you know, if you're someone who wants to do a different conference, I'm going to be up in Alaska. The writer, well, not there personally, but you know, virtually doing fearless writing and fearless marketing at the Alaska Writers Conference the same weekend. So, you know, conferences, conferences, even while we're, you know, stuck where we are. You know, personally, I am personally, I'm in, Seattle at the moment, oh, the sun is cracking through, but we're in a cloud, a terrible cloud of smoke, and it's made writers like me have to stay indoors, which is okay. It's okay, but people, I got to tell you, I miss the outdoors a little bit, but this is where we are, and fortunately, I get to talk to people like today's guest, Jen Knox. Jen is an educator and a storyteller who teaches writing, leadership, and meditation. She is also the co-owner of Unleash Creatives. Her books include the short story collections, The Glass City and After the Gazebo, and her novel and stories, Resolutions. Her writing has been nominated for the Penn Faulkner, whoo, the Best of the Net, and a Pushcart. And her stories have been featured in textbooks, classrooms, and both online print publications around the world. Her fiction appears in the Best Small Fictions of 2017, the Adirondack Review, Savannah East, Chicago Tribune's Printer Row, Chicago Quarterly Review, Cosmonauts Avenue, Cranog, Elephant Journal, Fairlight Books, Fiction Southeast, Juke, McSweeney's Internet Tendencies, MJI News, Poor Claudia, The Saturday Evening Post, The Santa Fe Writers Project Quarterly, NPR Short Story America, and Sequestrum, among hundreds of other publications. But she's with us now. She's taken time off from writing to talk to us. And aren't we glad, Jen? How you doing? Wow, I'm doing well, Bill. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, did you know you did all that? I was reading that. I could have just kept going. <laughs> uh, did you say, who the hell did all that? Was that really me? 
that does happen, right? I, I actually was thinking exactly that thing. I was like, wow, that's a lot of things. I, I should I should read that back to myself. Well, you know, that sounds good. <laughs> you've been busy. You've been busy, but you've got an interesting, you know, um, you wear several hats. You're, you're a writer, mm-hmm. obviously, and you coach people who want to write, but you're also, you teach meditation and leadership. Um, do you see them all as these disciplines, the writing, the coaching, the meditation, do you see them as all branches off the same tree or are they totally separate from one another? That's a really good question. I I think it depends on the individual to a certain extent, um, but the way that I've kind of approached the world and and found things that have kind of harmonized in in my life, um, these are the things that have emerged, you know, Um, the meditation, um, for instance, is something that I think means something different to to just about everybody who practices it. There's so many different ways to meditate or to to contemplate our experience. Um, But I will say that every single thing in, in some way feeds writing and writing feeds every single thing because for me writing is a great reflector you know (laughs) so um so i find meditation in writing you know and i explore topics that i don't necessarily um that i'm curious about or i don't necessarily fully understand yet in writing and and i i i can dive deep with writing so yeah. I think that there's a wonderful harmony there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every writer I know, I certainly count myself amongst them, that there is something about, it's a funny thing. I, I will think I know what I know about something and then I'll write about it and I'll really learn about it. I mean, sometimes I write to, I specifically mm-hmm. write, like I want to understand this, so I'm going to write about it. But sometimes I go in thinking yeah. I know, you know, I really do. I think I got that. And then, um, Actually, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I'll make it quick. But my last book was called mm-hmm. Fearless Writing. And it was based, I was teaching a class called Fearless Writing or something or various things. But it was basically the emotional challenges around writing. And I thought, I can write this book because I'll just write what I've been teaching. And mm-hmm. I sat down to do that. And I did that for a day. And I thought, this is so boring. I'm essentially transcribing the stories I told. And I said, I've got to find something different to say about this or I won't be interested. And I did. I've been teaching it for years, but I discovered all kinds of stuff in writing it because that's the way writing stays interesting. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an, it's almost like, I like to think about it in, in terms of almost like you're solving a mystery or, Mm -hmm. or or teasing out a puzzle. So a lot of times it's one or the other. <laughs> so so sometimes the mystery is, is very personal, at least in my writing. Um, right. I, I'm primarily a fiction writer, but we write from our experience to a large extent, even if we're writing something completely fantastical, in my opinion, um, yes. because it's all we have. Yep. <laughs> so, yep, I agree. So a lot of times, yeah, it's just like the mystery is, is the thing that I'm just, I don't fully understand. A lot of times it's emotional. You know, yeah. like I don't understand yeah. others' emotional reactions, my own emotional reactions, or or the way that you know people are perhaps in disharmony in the world or different yeah. conflicts. And so, writing to tease that out—not that I necessarily find an answer, but that I can explore it from a little bit more of a 360 perspective—is really 
it's really a wonderful feeling. And um, it can be hard to get started sometimes, but once you do, oh, my goodness, there's nothing like it for me. Getting started. See, I I agree about the getting started. I I have recently become evangelical about this. I wrote a piece for Writer's Digest about it, about what the, the getting disciplined about starting, about understanding what's happening how you're having to move from an external, what I call the domestic frame of mind, where my attention and my five senses are, you know, interacting with the outside world to writing, which is entirely internal. And I can't, and all my inspiration and, and, and motivation is going to come entirely from within. And even though I'm talking about the outside, I can't think about, I can't actually be looking at the clock or reading an email or looking for inspiration from something that's happening at the moment. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I and completely that's a big get shift. that. You can't just it always is. go bango and expect that to happen. Mhm. Mhm. And it's especially hard now because <laughs> there's so many little things dinging at us or opting yeah. for our attention and we're we're essentially glued to our computer screens whether we like it or not. Um yeah. pretty much all the time right now, especially, you know, with with quarantine and with yeah. just being um less able to be mobile. And and it's it's doing something to our brains. So to get to that silent still place is I think more challenging perhaps than ever, but also at the same time more rewarding than ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you can really get, get there. So, yeah. It's funny. So you describe it as a silent still place, which I think is perfect. It's exactly what you're going mm-hmm. to, even though when you get there, then something mm-hmm. with movement that, that is, noisy and that it has ideas and thoughts and things are talking and you have to, but in order to get to that movement, action, thought, image, sound, even though you're writing about it, you first have to go to a still silent place to hear it. Yeah. Then the action yeah. happens, whatever that action is. Right. It's like we're entering a portal. <laughs> yeah. We sit yeah. down and then we, when we can get there, it's just like, you know, and all of a sudden something takes over and it, it becomes, yes, that dance of, of stimuli and just and everything's happening in our heads and it's very alive and oh, and exciting. Totally. Yeah. I always say yeah, that uh, I never, when, I, when I'm writing and it's going reasonably well, which it does really most of the time now, I've learned a few mm-hmm. things in my many years. Uh, I never feel less alone than when I'm writing, even though I'm physically, the door is closed and I'm by myself. But when it's going, when I'm in the flow, I never feel less, more connected, less alone than that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can feel more alone at a party than I do when I'm writing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I I get that. I get that. I've never really thought of it in that way, but I definitely resonate with that because you're connecting on a more universal level in a way because because you're you're not it's almost like the ego goes away <laughs> yeah oh, it's almost yes, like yes. when you're really immersed in it and that ego is the thing that's kind of like nagging at us and telling oh, us that we have to yeah. be we have to do we have to whatever yeah. and when we're really yeah. connected we have a clarity of thought and things can flow and so yeah that's a really cool way of, of, well, of thinking about we're, we're less alone because we're interconnected with, yeah, with the real stuff, creative like, force. 
<laughs> the the ego the ego couldn't write a grocery list practically. I think the ego doesn't have a clue. It just is, yeah. and it's the thing that wants all the attention and wants all the money and all the whatever, but it can't do anything. Right. It's useless in that way. I agree. I don't even think it's very beneficial at the marketing stage or the outreach no. stage. I think it's just it's just a torture maker. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Well, so, all right. So, Jen, you, you seem to work uh, a lot in short form. Yeah, short stories mm-hmm. and, um, and sometimes very short stories. Is that, has that always been the case for you or did you have to discover that form as, was the most comfortable for you? So I, I actually started writing a lot. Um, when I first started writing, I started writing a lot about my personal experience and just uh, keeping notes, writing essays, honestly writing probably for therapeutic reasons more than How anything. That's where it started. Um, I, so I dabbled when I was a kid, but I wasn't one uh-huh. of those those kids that wanted to be a novelist when I was, you know, three. I I yeah. I think I plagiarized a few Tom and Jerry cartoons oh, and, okay. and <laughs> when right. I was Good. younger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, when I was, it wasn't until really I got to, to college um, that I really started writing, and I was I was one of those students starting at community college, and I was I was thinking. I don't really know what I want to do, but college seems uh-huh. like a good idea. And, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> and then I, I, I was actually thinking about majoring in psychology and, and uh, moving forward on that path. Yeah, and um, yeah. I, I did minor in psychology, but I started writing a lot of essays for some of the social psych and abnormal psych classes. Mm-hmm. And I realized that in the narrative, um, we would have these really wonderful assignments, like violate a social norm and write about it. <laughs> and so, I, which I, I recommend to everybody. So every, anybody listening, I really recommend you violate a social norm, you know, that's oh, not dangerous. God. And then write uh, about it because it's you're amazing. You're scaring me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> within reason, it's not dangerous or offensive. <laughs> okay. So, All right. Um, All right. <laughs> But but they, we we did things like turn around in the elevator and face the wrong direction, and right, it just right, it, right. it just shakes things up a little bit. But it really, oh, yeah. um, I re, I remember just writing and writing, and all of a sudden I had these narratives, and I started getting a little bit more creative, and started getting a lot of good feedback on my writing, not for writing classes, but just like, well, wow, right. you, you know, you're a really good writer. And so um, I was like, well, you know, maybe I should, I should keep doing this. It started as, you know, more journals and, and homework assignments. And then I decided to major in English. I had amazing professors and, um, and I just, I kept it going. And then I would say um, after I got to grad school, I, I went to Bennington um, and ah, I was okay. specifically studying nonfiction. Um, oh, you were. I, I would okay. say, uh, yeah, there, I, it was studying creative nonfiction with wonderful people, and I, I was really into it. And then I realized I, I had written enough about myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was ready to kind of look at, at the, the short fiction genre. Um, and, and so I started to get a little bit more imaginative and that's what really brought me to the short stories. And I just love short stories and short essays because they're so contained and you can yeah. sit down and complete something in a yes. or a few sitting. Yes. And then, yes. yeah. There's nothing like it. I just love it. I mean, it might I take tell us, you, you know, 14 revisions, but whatever, you know. <laughs> I one of the best 
practices I ever had was when I started doing publishing author magazine, we had this editor's blog and, and the guy who was helping me with it was like, we need daily content and you're going to provide it. And so I had to write an essay a day, a 400 word essay a day for the blog. And that was mm-hmm. the best discipline in terms of, cause it was only 400 words, but it made me finish mm-hmm. something. It made me not perf- mm-hmm. try to perfect it. It made me mm-hmm. really find my voice and just see my work as a part of a whole, as opposed to trying to find one perfect thing. It was just finishing, 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 finishing something. Was, I mean, I'd finished stuff, but finishing that many things, it was just, it was a great practice. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. I it, still love it. It really is. It's so wonderful. And it also teaches you so much about just the form of fiction. Yeah. And you have to be, you have to be compelling. You have to have dynamic characters. You have to, you have to really grab your reader and and take them somewhere and show some change in such a small space. I think it's such a unique and and delicious challenge. I love it. Um, So, uh, so when, so you said to you, so you went for, you decided to go for graduate work and, Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like when you made the decision to say, okay, I'm going to try and be a writer because that has a lot of, speaking of the ego, a lot of crapola <laughs> around it in terms of like, well, can I do this? Am I good enough? Is there, how do you make a living? Blah, blah, blah. Did you have to contend with any of that kind of stuff? Oh my gosh, Bill, I was a mess. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, a, I was a total mess. So I actually... I, I didn't think I'd get in, and so I only applied to one grad school, and the only grad school I applied to was Bennington, and um, I I didn't get in. I didn't get in. I was on the wait list, and so I was like, oh. yeah, whatever, you know, I'll just pursue other things or, you know, figure it out, um, and, uh, I you know, but then once I got in, it was like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my gosh, I could be a writer. And then that, that little naggy ego came around, and he, yeah. he or she yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah. hey, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. And then you put, I put so much pressure on myself <clears throat> and thinking yeah. that, you know, I wasn't going to be a part of this experience and, and really not knowing what to expect at all. I wasn't a, a well-traveled, you know, young person or anything like that. Yeah. I had rather humble beginnings. And so when I, I was in Vermont and I was, I was with, um, you know, such a dynamic and amazing group of writers and just diving so deep into these things. And um, I, I was so intimidated. I, you know, <laughs> and so I kind of wavered between these grandiose dreams of yeah. you know, being the next New York times bestseller. And then these, these, um, thoughts that I shouldn't even be here. Why am I even here? You know? Yeah. And so yeah. it was a, it was quite a, a difficult time, but luckily I actually learned some things while I was there too. <laughs> I was able oh. to break through that a little bit and right. really, you know, kind of just soak it in. And I think it was a really good experience, um, you know, on, on the whole. Um, but grad school's a, I think it's a tough decision, um, you know, and it has to be the right decision for the person. And for me, it, it was because I needed it. I felt mm-hmm. I was coming from, you know, um, I just needed the extra education. I needed to be immersed. I, I needed that concentrated time. And I needed the, yeah. the, the, the I needed to meet other writers too, you know. Yeah. And so, oh, did that help? Um, Meaning, like, you mean both your, both your peers and your teachers? Yes, yes. Yeah, both peers and teachers. Um, you know, you can't really, I feel like you can't really 
seek out mentorship in the the way that a lot of people think about it. But um, you can definitely find, you know, role models and connections that um, make you understand what's possible and stretch yourself. And so that's really what I feel like I was able to do there. And, um, yeah, and I've also made just, you know, I made – you know, lifelong friends that sure. that was so, you know, that resonate with that writing world and have been there and done that, you know, <laughs> so, well, so that's also, also a wonderful thing. But isn't it helpful also to, because I, I, I wrote for years and didn't sell stuff and was really just, you know, I would wait tables and just come home and write and just was living in a bubble in a way. And I just didn't know mm-hmm. any other writers. And so they weren't real people. I mean, I knew they were intellectually, mm-hmm. but I hadn't met mm-hmm. any working, you know, I hadn't met people actually working and publishing now. Everybody I read was dead or had won the Nobel Prize or something. So it was all so <laughs> removed from what was actually happening around me. And it made a huge difference right. when I started meeting, and I'm in Seattle, it's just lousy with writers, you know, and so, and I now, because mm-hmm. I do these interviews and I've met so many different writers, but I, it just, you know, I'm a real person. And if I make mm-hmm. a writer into something other than just a real person, I'm never going to be able to do it. You know, so I needed to, I needed to see them as just a human being who gets up and puts on their clothes and just does this thing, not these superhuman Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of um, sensationalism that kind of happens in, in the literary world, maybe more so, even more so in the past and maybe, you know, reducing a little bit as we move forward, but um, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's very helpful to people because, no. <laughs> because writing at, at its base level, it's, it's wonderful. It's everything we were talking about earlier. It's meditative, it's connectivity, it's, it's insight, it's, it's, it can be therapy. Um, it's so many things, but it's also, uh, very hard work if you actually want to in any way share your work with an audience or make, you know, a, a living from your work, or it's, it's an inordinate amount of work, so much work, in fact, that, you know, I, I'd put it up against pretty much any job out there, you sure. know, sure. so, um, so to this idea, this romanticized idea that someone can, you know, drink a fifth of whiskey and <laughs> put on a bathrobe and pump right. out an American, great American novel is just like such, you know, oh, and it so, is. so I, I think it's important that we, you know, that that's broken down for people because otherwise they'll get real frustrated really fast. <laughs> well, which leads me to uh, unleash creatives. Is that your sort of, is that the name of your business, your writing coaching mm-hmm. business or is that something else or are those separate things? Yes. That's the writing coaching business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. I am also a writing coach. I like it. I have my specific little things I do. Uh, mm-hmm. So if someone were to work with you, they would come to you and say, mm-hmm. I need coaching help. Mm-hmm. What would, what would happen? What would they do? Absolutely. So, you know, writers are at different stages um, from ideation to having a draft to um, just honestly just wanting to start to write. It's just a vague notion in their mind. And so it really depends on on how a person comes, where they're at in their journey. 
But um, so it's, it is pretty customized in the sense in terms of how I would deliver a coaching session. But essentially what I do is I'll send a, a short questionnaire or have a half hour call with somebody just to kind of get to know them a little bit, get yeah. to know their goals, get to know their background, that kind of thing. And then yeah. from there, um, usually we'll follow up with um, a strategy session. So I'm, yeah. um, I'm a very forward, you know, kind of, you know, momentum building kind of person. And so I, I understand that sometimes it's, um, it's easy to kind of go to the, to, to the TED Talk, for instance, on how to write a short story and get really amped up or go to, you know, um, <laughs> right. a, a conference and get really amped up and then you leave and then you, re- you don't do it and then you feel even worse, you know? Right. <laughs> so right. I like to really work with my clients to create really, really, really honest, honest with themselves, honest goals to move forward. And actually, sometimes, depending on where they're at with it, we have a bit of a, a working meeting. Um, or yeah. I give them certain assignments that, that oh, they can work good. on with me. Um, oh, good. But it, it, is, it does vary quite a bit um, on, you know, where someone's at. But generally, coaching calls, and right now, Zoom is pretty fantastic for connecting yeah. with writers, you know, yeah. all around the world. And I just really love that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what I find when I'm working, because I tend to be work my clients, I actually did have a 13-year-old client. His mom wanted me to work with him, which I did. But that was mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. Um, but they're adults, you know. And yeah. I realize, I don't know if it's true for you. I certainly teach some people about the craft and stuff if that's if what they need. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of what I'm teaching them is just how to be, live as a writer. Like how to be mm-hmm. motivated on your own. How not to have, be given assignments. How to sit down every day at your desk, what that means creatively, psychologically, emotionally. I took it for granted because I've been doing it all my life, but I realized that's a whole, Mm -hmm. if you've been working at like an office or a career, that is a different Mm -hmm. way of working, I think, than almost any other job. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing a lot of time Mm -hmm. just teaching people about that. Do you get into that with people? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that um, a lot of my clients are writing, um, and this isn't for me reaching out necessarily in this regard, but it's it's just how things happen. But a lot of my clients are writing memoir and uh, personal stories. And for that reason, or, you know, some of them start there and segue into other genres, but um, for that reason, there's there is a bit of a, um, a, a process um, of kind of preparing for that, you know, mining memories and figuring out, you know, what, what do I tell? What do I not tell? If I have a traumatic story, do, you know, how do I relive this? And it's like, you know, right. there's so many things that, that I have to offer in terms of you don't have to, <laughs> like you do in a, in a certain way, but, but there's so many beautiful ways of writing a story of resilience without dwelling in that external, you know, sort of situation that, or yes. that external traumatic event. And so, yes. and so a lot of that is kind of about how you approach the piece. And then another pit is what you were saying, just really, creating space for yourself to sit down and get to where you can find that still place and then, you know, get into the flow of the actual output yeah. and the writing and um, not the self critic, you know, that comes in there and taps you on the shoulder is like, Hey, who are you? Yep. To do this? That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. So, yeah. yeah. I always say to my students that like 
your job, your first job, and really your most important job is to get into the frame of mind where writing is possible. Like you first have mm-hmm. to get, and it's a distinctive frame of mind. And until you're in that frame of mind, nothing's going to happen. Like I can't, I can't mm-hmm. do anything uh, personally. I can't write until my mind is there in that sort of relaxed, mm-hmm. quiet flow state. And that's my first yeah. job. And when I understood that, it made it way easier, you know? I thought yeah. that's what I got to do yeah. first. And then I could do all that other writer release stuff. Absolutely. And it's different for everyone. Like for some of us, it's really early in the morning, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's when I like it. That's when I like it, baby, yes. right away. Right away. Well, hey, do you meditate exactly. when you get up? So I do. I generally actually write before I meditate. And oh, interesting. Um, so I. Yeah, I have a I'm I'm a pretty routine person for my morning yeah, my morning ritual yeah. and I'll I'll take a walk, I'll come back and if it's nice out, I'll I'll go outside or I'll set up in my office and I'll write anything. It it doesn't have to necessarily be the project I'm working on specifically. I I write anything, even even if it's okay. a newsletter, um, you know, post or something. Right. And then um and then I I meditate after. Um uh, which it, it's interesting because I used to actually meditate and do yoga prior, um, right. but sometimes I would get a little too blissed out. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. So yeah. I, I started writing first, and it's almost like a segue to meditation for me, so I, I think it works out for me. Yeah, I go meditation, writing, exercise. Mm-hmm. First, yeah. meditation levels, but I wake up and it's like my wife and I meditate together, boom, and then we write. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, no, I'm usually it's quiet. I got to get my mind still. I want it as blank as that page if I can do it. If I can do it. Okay, so, Jen, yeah. oh, you're an interesting person. I'm glad we got you on this show. <laughs> now, people listening might think, gosh, she's just who I need. So if people want to <laughs> learn more about you, if they want to work with you, et cetera, et cetera, where can they find you? Um, so the best place to find me is my website, and that's jennox.com, Knox as in Fort Knox. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm on social, um, you know, here and there. I'm honestly a little consistent, but Instagram's probably where I'm most uh, active right now. All right. Although, All right. You know, and that's uh, underscore Jen Knox uh, underscore. Okay. Um, and yeah, I would love to hear from from anybody who'd be interested in working with me. And um, I I have pretty much you know all of my writing and all of my services laid out uh, on that same website, so everything's kind of in one place. Excellent. Good. 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 Well done. You're doing it right. Okay. Now I'm not quite done with you, Jen. Uh, okay. I still have one more question. <laughs> what I'd like you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? It's taught me connection. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the big immediate payoff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I can give you so many other words. Yeah, <laughs> There's that's like a good 400 one. Four hundred other words coming. Hey, yes, but. my new book coming out in May has a whole chapter called "Get Connected," and it's all about that, about how important that is. So I agree with you one hundred percent, Jen. That's fabulous. Nice. Listen, it's been great having you on. Best of luck with all you're doing, all your short and long pieces. Uh, just keep on being awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Phil. You are welcome. And thank you all. As always, thank you to my producer, RJ Jeffries. Next time I talk to you, I hope there will not be a cloud of smoke sitting on my head. But until then, go out and find something you love to do and do it. <laughs>
Yes, indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.